0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Well, good morning. This is our second week in our Advent series as we look at the theme of life-changing hope, the ways in which God's hope is coming into our world and the ways in which God's hope is promised to come into our world. And so last week we focused on waking up, waking up to the reality that God is at work and that God's promises remain true. And this week we turn our attention to the theme of getting ready. First, we have to wake up spiritually and physically, emotionally to the reality that God is active, but then we turn our attention to getting ready, to preparing the way of the Lord. So here on the second week of Advent, we have the text from Matthew's Gospel of John the Baptist, the one out in the wilderness proclaiming, make straight the pathways for our God. Repent and turn towards God. For one is coming greater than I. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal, but he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Prepare the way of the Lord. Now this week, as I was reflecting on John the Baptist and just trying to get a mental image of this character in my mind, my mind went to a totally brand new place. I've never thought of John the Baptist this way uh, before, but, but I hope that, that, that you find this um, image interesting or maybe even entertaining. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back in Pastor Lauren's life to the summer of 2004. The summer of 2004, I arrived, um, you know, I, I, 18 years old at the time. Skinny little guy, a little bit scared. And I arrived at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, in Lawton, Oklahoma, for basic combat training for the United States Army. And when you first arrive at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, or any of the basic training bases, you don't fully arrive in your, in your basic training unit yet. You kind of go to this holding bay, and you get your uniforms, and you get some equipment. And there's some drill instructors, but they're, they're just really, you're not training yet. You're waiting to cross the train tracks and to get in a cattle truck and to go over to where basic training really happens. So for a couple weeks, you're just sort of learning the ropes, how to stand at the position of attention, how to address an officer, how how to respond in, in military fashion. But I'll never forget that day when it was time for us to get all of our duffel bags ready, all of our equipment, three or four different bags you're wearing a uniform, looking a little dopey because you don't really know how to be a soldier yet. And I remember waiting for the cattle trucks to show up. No windows, two double doors on the side. These cattle trucks pull up, and we're told to get in the cattle truck. So We get in the cattle truck with all of our duffel bags, one on your lap, one by your feet, and one you're holding like this. And you're told when you're riding the cattle truck that you have to look down, eyes closed. You're not allowed. There's no windows. I don't, I don't know why we can't look at each other, but you're told to do this. And the whole while there's a bus driver driving the cattle truck and you don't think anything of it, but you kind of feel the bumps as we go over the train tracks and you start sweating and you start getting a little nervous because you hear all these rumors about what happens when you cross the train track. And before long, those cattle trucks stop, the brakes squeal, and we just sit there. It feels like 20 minutes, but it was probably only about five when all of a sudden the bus driver says, Men, you can put your heads up now. You put your heads up, and you realize that the bus driver is not a bus driver. It's a drill sergeant. And he says, Three, two, One, and we're like... And both double doors come flinging open from the outside, and there's about 12 or 15 drill sergeants that pull you off of that cattle truck. They're grabbing you and throwing you off and throwing your bags off, and it's absolute chaos. They call this shark attack right all these drill sergeants are just feeding on us little minnows right and we're scared and we're freaked out and i'm loving it it's amazing it's so much fun this is what you dream of as a young guy you, you can't wait you can't wait right but all your equipment all of it is dumped out they open all your bags and they dump it out and they disorganize it and say so your first responsibility here is to grab your gear where is your gear soldier and it's purposeful chaos you pick up all your gear you get it all organized You have to line it up out on the bay. And where we lived in the barracks, they broke us down into four companies. I was in Charlie Company. And you get to meet your drill sergeants. You meet your drill sergeants. You're lined up, and after a few hours, you're told, uh, okay, soldiers, we're going to go up into your barracks where you're going to live. Grab all your gear. You're, You're exhausted. You're emotionally just spent and you're a little bit freaked out. This is your new normal. You're not, getting, you're not used to getting yelled at. You're not used to doing all these push-ups in a row. It's just, it's just a little bit crazy. And I remember grabbing all my gear, and they had us uh, lined up there, and I happened to be the first soldier on the line, and they said, All right, lad, you're the first one up. Lead everyone up. So we go up into the bay, and they tell us to find a rack, a bed, to claim for your own. I'm the first soldier to have my eyes on our barracks, where we're going to live. And there's neatly there. There's there, it's just a, a bay full of beds with foot lockers, neatly organized. Very, very, um, very. Like an engineer put it together clearly. Um, and we go in, and I think to myself, grab a bed in the middle of the pack, just kind of become unseen, right? You just want to get in the middle of the pack. You don't want to be noticed. So I'm the first one in there, and I I go right to the middle, and I put down my bags, and I stand there, and a drill sergeant comes out of the office. There's an office at the end of the bay. And he says, no, 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 soldier, come with me. And he grabs my bag, and he puts it on the bed right across from his office. I mean, right there. I mean, five feet, and there's his office. And there's his bed. And he's like, you're going to sleep next to me, soldier. And I'm thinking, oh, why? Why? So there I was, right in front of the drill sergeant. Now, where is this going? Well, we had to pull what was called fire watch or fire guard duty throughout the night. All through your 16, 18 weeks of combat training, a soldier has to stay awake every hour of the night to keep watch. Um, and so you take turns, there's a roster, and, and you have to pull an hour shift um, at least a few times a week. Well, all the soldiers got together about the third or fourth week, and they said, you know, we need to be smart, guys. Halad, w- would you be willing to pull fire watch every single night? The last shift. Because your bed is closest to the office, and you are the first one to know when the drill sergeant wakes up because his light comes on, maybe he's shuffling around in there. And I, I agreed. Okay, because if we get ready and if I can alert everyone that the drill sergeant's waking up, then I can say, hey, guys, get ready, get ready, get ready. He's coming, right? Because when that drill sergeant walked out of that door, it was expected that beds were made, boots were on, uniforms were put together and we were to be at the position of attention at the end of our beds and if we if the drill sergeant came out and it wasn't like that we were in a world of pain so i agreed and for the next few weeks it worked great it worked great i would get up a little bit early i'd set my little army watch and it'd go off and i'd get up a little bit early and i'd look and i'd watch for that light to come on in his office and i'd wait to hear the sound of his coffee machine percolating in there and i knew we had about five to ten minutes to prepare so hey guys get up get up johnson get up smith get up get up get ready get ready prepare because he's he's coming He's coming, He's coming, and He's going to burn us up like chaff and throw us into the unquenchable fire, okay? He's coming with wrath. He's coming, right? I was like John the Baptist in boot camp. Prepare the way. He's got a leather belt around his waist and a really big hat, and he's angry, and he's coming. One way to read John the Baptist is with fear. Right. These words are harsh. They're cutting. John's words here in Matthew's gospel. Uh, they strike us. They, they they cause anxiety. They they have the potential to at least right. Who warned you of the wrath that is to come? You brood of vipers. Don't say to yourselves that Abraham's your ancestor. I I tell you, God can raise up children of Abraham from these stones. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. In fact, when the one comes who is greater than I, yeah, he's going to gather his wheat into his granary, but he's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire, eternal fire. That doesn't sound like gospel, does it? it? Sounds terrifying. And I don't think that we, as people who trust in the love and mercy and grace of God, I don't think it's all that helpful for us to have this image of Christ coming to burn us up an unquenchable fire. You know, the reality of it is, as John the Baptist spoke these words to prepare, to make straight the pathways of our God, John didn't know the fullness of what would come in Christ. John didn't know that hanging upon the cross, Jesus would say, Father Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. John hadn't yet encountered the grace and mercy of Jesus that would be for all people, including the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Roman guards who put him up on that tree. John didn't know the fullness of the story. The call to get ready, the call to prepare, it remains true. But as people who believe in the mercy and grace of Jesus, who are centered around the death and resurrection of Christ, we have to ask ourselves, what are we getting ready for? Are we getting ready for Christ to come, to burn us up in unquenchable fire? Or are we getting ready to greet that same Christ who offers mercy, forgiveness, love, and grace? You know, I don't see Jesus coming like a drill sergeant. I don't see Jesus coming ready to punish. I see Jesus coming ready to love and forgive and offer grace and offer mercy. The call to repent remains true, to turn back towards God. But what we are turning back towards is a God of love, a God of grace, a God of peace for he is called Mighty Counselor, Wonderful God, Prince of Peace. So how do we get ready? How do we get ready to greet this God? We get ready by engaging in acts of love and mercy that reflect the very character of the one who is to come. We get ready by devoting ourselves to acts of charity, to generosity, to spreading love, a word of peace, a word of forgiveness. We get ready not by saying, get ready, because here comes the wrath. We prepare ourselves by saying, get ready, here comes the one who will love you into wholeness. Get ready, because here comes our God who is going to make all things new. One of those ways that we are invited to get ready is to support our brothers and sisters at Vail. Our Advent mission project this season is raising support for their homework program to be able to support the Latino worshiping community, the Lutheran Latino worshiping community in Westchester. But there are countless ways that you and I can get ready to greet this God of love. And so for the next few moments, we're going to center ourselves in a time of individual prayer, as we reflect on some questions that will be up here on the screen. Mike, can you put these up? So we're just going to take a few moments individually to reflect. What in your spiritual life needs discipline and structure, which are good things? As you prepare your heart for the coming of Christ, who or what has God placed on your heart to pray for? And what is the Spirit calling you to do to be or to pay attention to this season. Spend a few moments reflecting. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.